0: All right, everybody, happy Friday. Welcome back to FinTech Friday. I'm Brian View, President and COO of FinLocker. And uh, joining me this Friday is a special guest and a great friend, Ramon Walker. Welcome, Ramon. Hey, how's everybody doing? Thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, I'm super, super excited to have you on. uh, This is episode number four of FinTech Friday, so we're still uh, figuring this out as we go. and i've just been seeing a lot of activity uh with what you've been up to i, I call it you've been in the lab kind of cooking up some cool stuff so i thought we would kind talk a little bit about that but before we dive in there i'd like to start everybody off with a question uh, and, and, it, and the question is what is the, what does the term fintech mean to you it, it's used a ton out there and it means a bunch of different stuff it depends on what seat you sit in and and you sit in a unique seat as a owner-operator originator, uh, mortgage originator, and so I'd love to know when you hear the term fintech, what does it mean to you?
1: Yeah, fintech, uh, the financial technology. Yeah, I, and it's interesting for me because I'm from the Bay Area, right, Silicon <laughs> Valley. So we're really, we're really, really into all our type of techs, right? But when I um, and I have a background in IT, I went to Chico State, which is just a couple hours north of the. Bay Area, a lot of influence from Silicon Valley. Even when I was in school, a while, a little while ago, a little while ago. But I mean, we had labs. We had um, Cisco came in and, and put a lab in to Chico State. Um, that was in the late 90s. Oracle had a lab in there, so we were taking database administration classes and kind of learning on the on the front end of that stuff. So it was it was an exciting time. I think it was really funny. It was like 80% of the business department at that time was in MIS. The other thing was in everything else, accounting, marketing. So it was like it was like super popular, and I think I kind of came up came up through those times. Um, FinTech for me, the first word that comes to mind is disruption. Right, that's 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 the immediate word I think of when when in FinTech, and and, and like you said, I'm in a unique sort of position as a. Operator there's so many people in the financial space and there's some beautiful minds great engineers They can come in and, and break things down build blocks back up But they still never have the opportunity to be that subject matter expert They always have to go out and find these individuals and try to Live sort of like vicariously through them so they can understand the problem at hand which which they do So the interesting position for me is coming into this business learning it from the ground up uh, um, and then really really obtaining that subject matter knowledge. And after uh, conquering, you know, a lot of the a lot of the knowledge you need to be successful in this business, so after after conquering that and having a little bit of personal success, then being able to unwind that and, and look at it from the perspective of sort of like an IT person, breaking it down and saying, Hey, how can we get more efficient here? How can we get more efficient there? And so on and so forth. So I think that's the real difference for me. Um, it's all. It's always the fintech. Whole, the whole piece is always about efficiency. It's about doing things better, faster, cheaper, uh, more ease for your end user. So I think our industry. I mean, it's regulated. I mean, you have the whole technology piece, and we could probably move things like ah, 100 times faster than what they yeah. are moving. Um, but but mortgages is complicated. It's big. It's it's clunky. There's a lot of. I mean, it's it's you know it supports the um biggest fixed income market in the in the world really talk about talking about US housing. So there's a lot of pieces to it and um, this is a puzzle that you know we're lucky to get to sort of like unwind, build, break it apart, build it, build some more and just get better and better and better. So FinTech for me me is this ongoing sort of process of disrupting and trying to make things uh, better, easier and faster.
0: And, and so I love it. Uh, so this is, again, our fourth episode. So I've had four different definitions, but there's a lot of parallels. And, and as I think about your, your kind of thought and de- definition of disruption, um, know, knowing what I know about your business and what you've been up to, yeah. you not only are seeking to disrupt the industry, but I think what you first did was disrupted your own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? I mean, you kind of went in, blew up your own yeah. tech stack, and and kind of reconstructed it. Maybe talk talk us through kind of, yeah, you know, because you are, you 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 were cranking out a lot of loans, you know, generating a lot of revenue. What what motivates you to kind of say let's break this and make it better? Arguably during the busiest time in our in our history in our industry. Either
1: I'm crazy. <laughs> I mean, the crazy, really dumb, or really smart on the other, and the jury, the jury's still out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought I, I, think what happened was, you know, I got into the business just poking around, you know, kind of accidentally fell into it. But I, I wouldn't say accidentally, you know, um, part, partly luck, partly you know individuals that make their luck and just continue to sort of like you know grind and do things and learn things. A lot of transferable skills, all that good, all that good stuff, but make a long story short, I think through the years, I was really um, excited about learning the business. It was a big thirst for that, right? So it's like learning the business initially. Then it's like I see top originators, and I see these people over here, so now I'm like, I want to go after that, right? So then, so then that was the path. And then once I kind of conquered that, it's always what's next for me. I, I think I'm a person that's constantly, like, I'll be a lifelong learner. Um, right. I'm pretty risk adverse, you know? <laughs> um. Uh, growing up, we didn't come from a, we didn't have a whole lot, and uh, um, you know I don't really care about the the money aspect of things. It's just more of this. I always wanted this upward trajectory. So yeah, I'm very. That, I think that made me very risk risk averse. So even you know some people they get to a certain level and then they have some success and they and then they fight to keep that level of success and that becomes more of the battle. I don't really care about that. I want to see what's next. I want to see how how far I can go in this beautiful thing called called life. And I just feel. Uh, extremely blessed to have been introduced to mortgage because it's the, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> no matter, I mean, you don't have, there's not enough, you know, you can't live long enough to learn everything about this business. When you watch the whole cycle of the loan coming all right way back around, right? So this business will always allow me to quench that thirst of wanting to do wanting to do more. So with, um, me becoming a top originator, that was that was wonderful, and I was in a, and I was in a good place. But then at some points like I want I decided I wanted to help other people sort of do that same thing, and I did. I, I jumped out and tried to, you know, start recruiting. A lot of people came over, but I found that it was really difficult with the platform I was using. That was the thing. That was the major obstacle for me. People had to work in the same. Model or facet that I work and that was not going to happen for the majority of individuals um, you know, for, for a number of reasons just because I'm crazy and I work a lot and because of like I had transferable skills that I applied and all that sort of thing so I kind of sat back um, you know we, uh, the beautiful thing about life is you, you you know you walk down a path you can have success you walk down a path some more you fail right and then you just get back up and then and then go again and I think that's sort of like where I Landed somewhere around 2019, beginning of 2020. And I just decided to have some friends from college that um, worked at Salesforce. And I decided that we, we could build a beautiful, uh, so many of the systems are so fragmented. It's very difficult for them to speak to one another. And that was a big frustration point for me. Uh, um, I sort of knew, with all the knowledge I have, I understood that I could put together a system that could be end-to-end, not necessarily just connecting APIs, but really have some continuity between the data and the flow, right? Yep. That's what I set out to do, and I decided to use Salesforce as the platform. And as we've gotten down that road, you know, I discovered more and more about the Salesforce platform, where I thought originally when I kind of got into it, that was just more of like a real strong API machine. But then what I've learned is like, there's a lot of development that can happen in that ecosystem and that environment too. So we're kind of pulling down on some of those API connections. We still have them, don't get me wrong, you can always plug anything into Salesforce, but we've done a lot of development on that Salesforce platform and really think that we're going to be able to bring and deliver a true end-to-end system. We're actually in the latter stages of our security review now. So we hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be in the app exchange um, wow. within, the next, within the next couple of weeks. So that's the that's the first big step. So, yeah, I think we're on week number like 42 of this project, right? And we've just been grinding, <laughs> grinding, grinding every week. So we took advantage of COVID, right? We are all outside yeah. and just kind of like, um, you know, three, four meetings, you know, moonlighting, you know, running the business, up, you know, in the daytime and right. then doing this at, doing this in the evenings and, and the weekends. And um, yeah, we really moved the needle pretty far. Um, and I think we're going to, people are going to be really impressed because it's a deployable software. So it's going to be for everyone. But I think they're going to be really depressed, impressed, depressed. I mean, Not depressed. They're going to be really impressed with the ability to have like a, a POS. Uh, you know, bring that PP and the communication that's all on the same platform and not need those multiple systems that you that you see out there that they try to put together as a tech tech stack now. So that's it. So when
0: you when you kind of you set out to to do this work, I'm a, I'm guessing your mindset was I want to. I want to fix my own shop, right? That's, that was, that's probably what you started out in, just knowing how our industry is, and in particular how the, uh, the wholesale channel is. I'm guessing, and you can validate this, that as you started getting excited about what you're building, you start sharing your story, and people are like, well, hey man, I, I, want, I want access to that. What was the genesis of, of pivoting from building it for yourself to taking it to the market?
1: It was early, it, and luckily, and luckily, it was pretty early in the process, and it was introduced by the um, by the engineers that I have, the, the people with the Salesforce experience, because after we, so I, I sort of did the brain dump, but you kind of see I threw some of that stuff out on LinkedIn, and I did a big, long piece of white paper, and said, I'm yeah. everything out of here, throwing it, so after I got done doing all that stuff, we did some data modeling, and I kind of showed them everything, then they started to ask more questions, right? And then my understanding of the the industry as a whole, how I did business, the difficulties with other people doing business, and um, then and then very early as we started to build, uh, we said this could be a deployable software, right? Let's just build this. Let's, we're building it for us, but let's build. We always ask the question at every stopgate, gate: How would others use this particular part of the system? Right? Yeah. And then and then that allowed us to build it in a. Um, fashion that allowed, that allowed for deploy, deploying and, and going into the going into the app exchange so it was pretty early on and I think that's what a lot of people a lot of people built the stuff they built it proprietary for themselves yeah you don't know, think about are there a tech company that's like you know just trying to build specifically for uh, a, a piece or a certain fragment of the overall overall well right. I, I don't think from what I've seen too many of You know, thought about it in the end. There's some that have grown, uh, grown like you have. You know, certain LOS systems, Lenny QB that do bring in task and bring in certain ability to communicate. But still, that was after the core of what it is, the the product that they actually built. So it's just like uh, thinking about it from the front end and trying to build it in the end. I don't think a lot of that has been done, and that's where the opportunity is. There's so much opportunity in our space uh, because the technology really hasn't, you know, taken off. It's taken off for some companies. Right, individual right. companies really taking advantage of technology, and we we can see who they are. Right, they did extremely well over these last over these last this last year or so. But as a whole, with deployable software, especially in the wholesale segment, we haven't we haven't seen that that one company yet come and just like really knock it out of the park. So that's what we're hoping to do.
0: And is your is it fair to say that your kind of target, a uh, uh, company is a is a small independent broker or, or can mortgage bankers also take advantage of, of what you're building? Both. Both.
1: Because my experience this past year that's something else that I did. I just did everything I possibly could. I just took all the Apple and stuff stuffed <laughs> it in my mouth, right? <laughs> so we tried to build the software but simultaneously building the software we also transitioned to non Dale. So we broker but we're but we're nondale as well. So a lot of yeah. what we built into the system allows for non Dale all the way down to I, I mean where you know warehouse stuff and then it's all built into it, it's all built there. So you don't have to use it necessarily if you don't want to and you're working as a broker. Uh, but if you want to transition, it's a beautiful software, you know, your whole yeah. team will have learned it as a broker and then they'll have that knowledge already and we'll just be adding on or or bringing in the visibility, a couple of fields or a couple of different pieces that weren't there before, weren't there before because you didn't need them. But now you right? right? So that transition, the software, the software can grow with you, right? So I do think it's a software for probably like a team, there's no real reason, there's no real reason to have, I mean, you can have the software, but it, you know, if you're automating tasks to go to different people, you know, if you're the one person, they don't go to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a checklist, it's a, it's a glorified checklist, right? That kind of reminds you of things and all that sort of stuff. But so there's still some use there. We made it so the barrier to entry is extremely low. And that's the thing I'm most, um, one of the things I'm most proud of, i probably proud of a lot of things, but one thing that I'm most proud of is that we built this thing from the ground up. We didn't use a lot of the licensing that Salesforce already has built out there. Financial services, Sales Cloud, you start getting into 150, 250. That's just the promo price because then after two years it's going to be 350, 450. It's not attainable for, for anybody of our, our size. What we did is we went and built that thing out on a, on a platform license, just a $25 license, and we're just passing that cost, the same cost going to the, to the client, right? So now they can get onto this, get onto this platform and really build it. So our hope is that we can get a lot of people on the platform start to have synergy between everybody, you know, look at the good and grand ideas that multiple people are suggesting, implement those for really cheap, not, not a lot of cost for any individual company yep. and deploy it to everybody. The true, true definition of shared shared software. So that's what we. So we hope to, that's that's the overall plan. But to answer your question, um, I recently had my sister come on. Um, she's worked at a uh, regional bank here um, in the Bay Area for about eight nine years, and uh, um, she was a marketing director. So she's now the marketing director. And she had mentioned to me that God, we've been trying. We've been trying to deploy. i been in conversations with Salesforce for two and a half years for our mortgage, and we just never got it off the ground. Right? We didn't have a team that can get off the ground. This is exactly what we could have used. We could have, Yeah. Right? So, so it kind of shows me that there's use cases not only for the wholesale market, but for non-deal, and even for you know the smaller credit unions out there, or the the pieces that they can't that can't really get that initial you know year and a half, two years it takes, and all the developers to build that platform out to them um, customized the mortgage. Because uh, right? mark, I mean that's the beautiful thing about our business. You know, DTI is a DTI, uh, LTV is a LTV. So, yeah. Yeah
0: so you you've said end to end a couple times mm-hmm. so let's try to let's try to uh, define that a little bit for the for the audience Let's start at one end the the top of the funnel end where 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 do you first engage uh, the platform and and then maybe talk a little bit about how the actual consumer if they do touch the platform as well
1: yeah yeah so Salesforce is built on you know has the Inside where we work, um, you know, uh, and then there's outside called communities as well, right? So we did build in communities, and we built our we built our own POS because we wanted these customized um, fields that were a part of the original system, right? Because then we yeah. have a lot of automation and a lot of fun stuff by having all those fields um, access to all those fields on, from the um, from the community side. Of things. So um, the the the. the Loan officer's client will engage the system initially, you know, at at that POS. Uh, So as it comes in, we've incorporated a lot of the communication, and you can take, you can work internally, externally, all that. The POS, you kind of build modules, so it's sort of like the same module that's there. So, you know, client fills out half of it, you fill out the other half inside of your Salesforce. Everything works on the record, so it's beautiful. Uh, quotes, text messaging, so everything you want to do from a sales perspective is right there. The automation, far as the emails, all that good stuff, right? Uh, um, then once they convert, then they move over to a borrower. You've priced the loan in the system as well. Right now, we're using an API to bring in pricing, and we can yep. we have it linked up to MoreTech, We have it linked up to um, Price My Loan, which is part of um, um, Lending QB, Meridian Link. So any pricing engine you have, we could pull in. We do have in our roadmap next year to do our own PPE. So we'll have a nice light PPE that can bring down, you know, a lot of of lenders pricing. Um, Then from there, you get into the borrower record. And we've actually brought the Fannie Mae standard, like, 1003 structure into um, Salesforce. So everything is there that would be in your LLS. So that's, pretty, and that's a neat thing that we did there because that gives us the ability now to run credit, right? It gives us the ability to run AUS, right? It also gives us the ability to have the system use its strength and like find more opportunities. Take a look at the liabilities. Are there other mortgages there? Is there some automation that you put into that? So that's the real beauty, um, I think, in our system is that we're still bringing those standard items that you would find in the LOS or the POS, or, or wherever, we're bringing that one central place and using the power of Salesforce. Is like um, you know Einstein and all the ability for it to you know the automation and the find these these events where you know it's an opportunity to convert, right? And uh, yep. so it's all brought onto that onto that platform. So you're whether you're the loan officer or you're an operations team, you're still at this point in Salesforce, right? The client's uploading their docs. In Salesforce everything happens right there on that platform now if you're a broker at some point you'll pull down that 3.4 which which we can do and then you'll upload you'll you'll download all your docs into a stack all right and then you'll upload that to whichever lender right yeah um, if you're if you're a non-dale correspondent we may have you Directly into um, Encompass Bankers, right? Or you might go straight into Lending QB, and we connect those connect those APIs. Uh, but a lot of times, the LOS starts to be more of the system of record because all the communication uh, is happening right there on the Salesforce level. I mean, it's absolutely the communication is probably one of the strongest pieces. I mean, you know they bought Slack, but they have this thing called Chatter too.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. When
1: you're out in the field, and are right, on your phone, your Salesforce app, and processes, you know, giving you a chatter. Hey, does one have impounds or does it have impact? You're right back, it has impact, right? right. So, it's instant. It's like instant, you're all on the same thing, no emails, emails for the birds. You know, it's just on this platform and we're all working the file all the way through the file. Down the reconciliation, then the reporting is, uh, get into the reporting and, and, and tasks. So, you know, it's all about roles, tasks, and reporting. So, uh, um, we brought everything that normally would be outside of Salesforce into that Salesforce environment and we're just applying Salesforce strengths. And just trying to trying to be more efficient and do and do more business.
0: So when you when you talk about um, Chatter as an example, and I, I came out of a at Flagstar, we were a big Salesforce shop, and so we lived on lived on Chatter. Does the uh, does the consumer also have access to their own kind of Chatter uh, channel, if you will? And did they how do they communicate with you through the platform?
1: Yeah, we can set up. We haven't set this up yet, um, but in the communities. Once they log in behind behind their login screen, we can set up a, the chat ability, where they just see it as chat, but yeah. it you can chatter back to any of the individuals that are part of the team on that particular record, right? So boom, you can see your disclosure specialist, your processor. I mean, it's just so it's just so granular. I mean, that's yeah. the thing that that's beautiful. But yeah, we're whether you're talking about we built this thing out so if you're signing the documents, I mean, if you're signing disclosures, there's a link right there to sign disclosures. For example, we all know, at UWM, we all know that the, that the link sends out there um, on, on the portal so you can take an email to your client. We just take that, put it inside of our Salesforce, and then it makes it to where in the communities, in that portal, that POS portal, you click the button, sign there. Time to sign the CD, click the button, sign there. So we're bringing this to this one central location, They're always going to have this person uh, come back here. Now, when we talk about opportunities, once we bring in... Like our own pricing system what we want to do is use that communities to also suggest in the future that this individual should get a new loan or, yeah, yeah. or maybe this or that, or that so you bring some of those other components or some of the other ability into into their portal as well and we kind of keep trying to keep them centralized in that in that arena once they become a client and that's really going kind of, you know that's what so many of the bigger institutions do a good job at where we don't do a, of a job and it, it's all technology it's not that they're better yeah. <laughs> nobody's a better LO or they're this and that's a, it says a lot to what you guys are doing too at at, at finlocker is that it's that a it's that piece and we're gonna have to talk about and see about possibly getting these things locked in locked in together so i think there's a lot of synergy and a lot of opportunity there because you know we don't want to i mean it might have been some time ago that you know we had the bank statements or we had the pay stubs or this or that and yeah if we can keep keep that running, keep that current, and then just instantly, you know, get a
0: transaction, get a transaction done. So that's, that's, well, that's, I mean, that's where, you know, for us at Finlocker, the way we think about consumers transacting in the future is we're all gonna be walking around with everything right here. And at, and at some point it's just, how do I securely share my, my DNA, my financial DNA, with you ramon to you know to start a mortgage application or with the guy i'm buying a car from to get a car loan or whatever the financial transaction is and yeah. I, I think it's it's brilliant that that you kind of you, you saw a problem in in your yeah. process and i don't even think it was a problem because you know we already said you you were a top producer so it wasn't like the problem was keeping you from being a top producer right. But i think uh, i love your i love your uh, your desire to continue to learn iterate and improve and i mean i think you're you've created something here that is not only going to put your company on the cutting edge but it's going to also help level the playing field for other similar situated companies that let's face it don't have either the budget to, to go compete with the biggest you know fintech lenders but certainly wouldn't have had the the kind of Patients that that clearly you have it to to kind of see through this process. Well,
1: the standard can't be for me. Like when I look at the top originators or, or whatnot, it's been this way for years. Because i mean, you know I still have my old 2015, 2014 whatever. When, when I was cosmic, I don't even think I applied for it this year. But um, um, anyway, it can't. It's always been like one broker up there, me, maybe maybe Twine was up there, and then. The next the, the fifty people between on that first page are all are all retailers. And yeah. the thing I the thing I truly understand after going, you know, getting out and you know, we've done the whole aim thing and got out in the country and spoken to everybody and all that sort of thing. It's not I mean there are some awesome, absolutely that's the best on the, the wholesale side of this people that jump out to hey, I'm gonna try to start yeah. that thing myself, right? So they're the they're the real gutsy ones. Um, and I think the only the only problem is that the technology is just not there for them, yeah. the structure that is not there for them. So that's one thing that um, yeah was, is a definite gap. I mean, a lot of companies have made strides, right, to to you know do do things. Um, but collectively, I don't think that we have a system out there that's going to be absolutely absolutely wonderful. And really allow us to open up and. Um, because with our system, I want to encourage people to like we're approved in 19 states, and the only reason I'm approved in 19 states is because I started doing mortgages and then in one state, and the and the uh, cost of the lease got too expensive, so I was like, hey, I open up. Yeah. yeah, yeah I thought some more applications. I want other people to think like that too, right? I don't, yeah. I don't want. I understand. I understand the locality of being a broker. That's important, right? It's important to be immersed in your community, but that doesn't mean that the opportunity isn't there for you to step out and um, and compete with some of the companies that, or some of the people that are willing to work with whomever they see, yep. you know, on a display ad or on, or on TV. So we have to we have to open up, even if we're opening up within our own states or just our couple states around us. But we have to um, open up, expand our businesses, grow, get more people from the retail side on the on the wholesale side, and and um, and you know, kind of kind of go from there. Uh, and, and, and you know, I love you know uh, retail, retail Some people want to you know. If people want to buy leave maturation on the retail side, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> no, it's a I mean, our, we know our, our industry is massive, right? right. So you know I mean? there's never there's never been a point where one channel, you know, had a hundred percent of the business. And, right. and and that's you know capitalism is, is alive in, in the mortgage industry and I think yeah. what we're seeing and, and I and I'm a you know, I'm a wholesale guy at heart. I spent yeah a lot of years on the, uh, the the lender side of, of wholesale lending, so some of my best clients, best friends, frankly, um, yeah. you know, our owner operators like yourself of, of small independent mortgage companies. Um, yeah. The the at the end of the day, the consumer is going to choose, yeah. right? And and so clearly, you know, we've all seen the large fintech lenders that spend a lot of money getting to the consumer first in a bunch of different ways. Yeah and and they do have a good mouse trap behind them from a tech perspective and the, the the battle has had to be won by the independent mortgage broker or originator at the street level yeah. and i think what 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 i'm hearing you describe is you're bringing some scalability to that street fighter which is pretty cool yeah because you know knowing how to uh, originate a loan and knowing guidelines in and out and all the things that make an originator a really good originator yeah. is awesome but you can only do x number of loans in a period of time because you have so much capacity yeah. what i'm hearing is you've you're you're gonna take someone that could do 25 loans in a month and scale their their knowledge and expertise to do 50 or 100 right and yeah. and that that that's ultimately a win for the consumer because it gives the consumer more options Uh, in the marketplace, which is, which is really what we're all here to do is serve the consumer.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what our goal is. And um, yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're wanting to bring to the market.
0: Well, this, this was been, this has been awesome. I, I I was excited to learn about what you're up to, and I'm glad I was able to learn it in a way that we can share this with, uh, with others. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I appreciate Uh, you joining and talking with me today, Ramon. I want to close with a a question I ask all my guests as they're kind of leaving—you you just spent a lot of time sharing uh, what you've been up to, which is awesome—and I, and I can't wait to see your product hit the market. But you know, what's something that you want folks to know about Ramon Walker, the, the man, not the mortgage guy, not the tech guy? Share a little bit about uh, yourself that'll help us get to know you a little better. Right, right. Well, I guess outside of
1: outside of the mortgage. And the and the software which takes so much time, right? I, I, the biggest things in in my life are the is the family, right? It's, oh yeah, it's the little one. I have a five year old, I have a five year old, a seven year old, uh, little girl, a little boy, um, and they're so entertaining. Like it's my wife's birthday on um, on Sunday, and we took them all. We all went up to Napa, and a lot of the time that I spend with them is sort of like. Fragmented, right? It's like a quarter of a day or half of a yeah. here, or this or that just because the way life works out. And we and we live in it. We keep a very close, our, our tight sort of radius, like the school is like two miles that way, our house is a mile and a half that way, Whole Foods and Safeway in between. <laughs> you know, we're really, so we're, we're really efficient on uh, a time, nonetheless, it kind of always, works. it's like, hey, we're over at the yogurt shop. I'm like, all right, I'm coming over, so there's an opportunity. Yeah. but um. Yesterday on wife's birthday, we got the opportunity to like we hunt, we were hanging out all day long, right? And, and the kids' personalities and me engaging them. My little my little son and his hoverboard, you know, it's just <laughs> really five-year-old on his hoverboard, right?
0: Uh, but, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound like a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Where did you get this from? I don't remember. He <laughs> was in his underwear and a helmet on a on hover, hoverboard going around. This was after Napa. We weren't in Napa with underwear and a helmet, but I, I think just engaging the kids as much as possible. And, um, you know, we work so hard. Um, we give so much of ourselves. To all of our our clients, because yeah. you know this is uh, you know a lot of times as we purchase, it's one of the biggest things that they're going through. It's super emotional. It's um, you're you're there for them um, in many capacities, and that's that's always a sacrifice. And I think that's something that's not paid attention to a lot within our business. Um, right. Sometimes sometimes on the mortgage side of things, it could be it could be the thankless business. You know, if you did a good job, then that's what you were supposed to do. Do it bad. Yeah. My closing goes longer than you know. So. I think I think for me it's just like outside of outside of mortgage at least at this point um, in my in my life it's just been really about the family and I think a lot of it's been this way probably for a lot of people a lot of people could probably relate just because of the dynamic of the pandemic and and forcing us in Um, I've been I've been out I, I was always in the office. You know, or even early on, but I got <laughs> out of the way. You can't catch me, right? I was, uh, I snuck in. But yeah, biggest thing is, you know, it's, it's all about, we had kids, like, you know, uh, some people would say relatively late late in life, or we, we my wife and I, we really focused on our, our careers first yeah. and, and then snuck some, and then hurried up, and I hurried up and snuck those kids. Yeah. And luckily, luckily it worked out. So I have um, pretty young kids and they keep it, they keep it exciting. Right. I love it. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my life.
0: Uh, I appreciate it, Ramon. It's been great catching up with you. Thanks for uh, joining our show, and uh, I will be looking out for the uh, the new app out in, out in the uh, app exchange. So uh, congratulations on all the great work.
1: Thanks, thanks, thanks. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. Can't wait to see you in person. It'll be it'll be on- right on. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. All right, brother. <laughs>